Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Glow Yield. Glow Yield is the ecosystem of Terra decentralized apps like Lotto and Creators, all powered by DeFi Yields. Glow Creators helps artists and influencers give their fans exclusive perks through membership NFTs and more. Glow Lotto is a prize link savings account with a weekly chance to win the big jackpot. Tickets are free and perpetual, which means there's zero chance to lose money. Be sure to follow Glow Yield on Twitter and join the Discord community to stay up to date with all the glowing projects and check them out online at glowyield.com. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, part one of a two-part Cosmonaut Bootcamp Space, how to get started in the cosmos with the IBC gang. Let's take a listen. What's going on, guys? We're just going to let the room fill up a little bit. Mayor, good to see you, man. Kevin, I think this is my first time seeing your face around here, so welcome, welcome. Definitely request to come up and speak at any point if you want. Kronos Moss, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Interesting. Yo, what's going on, man? Yeah, not too much, not too much. Um, just another day with the Juno drama, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to try and avoid that tonight, just I think everyone's burnt I out. I hear you, I hear you, for I mean, if, if people want to, I'm not going to shut it down, but yeah. <laughs> it just seems like it's such a, they're having such a hard time, but yeah, I hear what you're saying, man. Yeah. No, like it's not an easy thing for sure. I don't blame anyone really. It's, it's a very hard thing. Um, have you, have you tried to, have important. you tried to move any Chihuahua today? I know Osmosis was having some issues yesterday, but I tried to, tried yeah. to move some Chihuahua today. I thought it was all cleared up. But um, it got it got held up for some reason. Didn't go through. Oh, interesting. I think mine went through. I I claim I claim Chihuahua rewards from one wallet every day. Send them to another wallet and then pull that into Osmosis, and all that worked for me today. So, all right, it might have been just a little glitch or something. But uh, yeah, man. I, I I think the network can also have uh, like partial outages where like you either will have to wait a long time for a transaction or just retry it a couple times because you know the way like relayers work ibc channels like a couple of relayers could be down um and a couple are like up maybe because of a network upgrade or whatever so yeah it could just be that i got lucky honestly yeah 
Did you listen to the Osmosis uh, weekly uh, update? They had their weekly update uh, to earlier today, I believe. No, I didn't. I'm hardly ever able to. It's such bad timing for me, but I'm always down to let you give me the crash course <laughs> on these Wednesday nights, actually. Like, what did I miss? Oh, I'll have to remember. It's been a long day. Give me give me a couple minutes yeah. to think about it. Hey, no worries. No worries at all. Um, so a couple people are trickling in. Um, this is a little bit different than some of the other kind of IBC gang Cosmo spaces we do. Um it's definitely very open to you guys um, talking about whatever you're interested in questions, questions as basic as like, how do I set up a wallet or questions as big as like, how does IBC work? Um, so this is really just kind of like a, a very open space request to come up and speak at any time. Just, you know, wait your turn. Um, yeah. And so it's sort of random, but just cause I, I I'll admit I, I peeped your profile since you're one of the first people to hop in um chronos moss just i literally just looking at your bio um just throw me like an emoji or something are you a zillica user is that what those like zill zill dragon pay zill is interesting i've always kept an eye on that network but i don't know uh like anyone who's used it really um i know nothing about it if you want to come up here and speak i'd be interested i'm interested in other networks um more so than most maxis would be because other networks can join us. And if you have like good tech and like you have a solid ecosystem, like you're welcome to join IBC gang. Like you don't have to be built on the Cosmos SDK for IBC to work. It's just harder. Um, so I just noticed that like whenever I see a cosmonaut with like dual uh, kind of like chain love in their bio or dual ecosystem, um, that always just interests me because I think like it's something that's somewhat unique to the cosmos. Like not many people that are in ETH Maxi are also going to have Harmony One in their bio or, you know, Cardano people are not usually going to cross over too much with Solana or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I guess with an absence of anything in particular to talk about, um, because definitely feel free to come up, cut me off here um, if you guys want to do uh, have questions on anything specific. But Mayor, I actually really liked what you sent me. I'm scrolling through our DMs list to find it. Um, that like security checklist. Once I find it, I'll probably sound yeah, less dumb. It was a big but... long thread that someone put together a big long thread. Like It was like over 15 must or 15 suggestions on the do's and don'ts. Is that the one you're talking yep. about? Yep, bingo, just found it. Yeah, um, sure. and I thought it might be like a good idea to just kind of go through some of this. Um, yeah, it's a good. It's good to refresh yourself on you know some of the the things you don't want to do. <laughs> like, don't click on random you know DM messages about airdrops that you've never heard of ever before. You know, yep. so just general safety things like that. It's good to it's good to re refresh ourselves, even for new people or people who've been in crypto for you know three or four or five years. Um, and that's that's why I enjoy these Wednesday nights because it's a good refresher. Yeah, no, and like security is one of those things where I think most people are pretty. Like not neck deep, but most people are at least waist deep in the crypto before it really hits them how important or, or just the gravity of being your own bank and like, oh, it's all on me. Like hacking, remembering stuff, recovering from hardware failure, fires, losing my ledger where I wrote down my seat, whatever. Like, like that doesn't usually hit people at the beginning. So, yeah, I, I always try and 
like he refreshed on it. That being said, it is not like the most interesting topic. So um, anyone definitely feel free to come up and cut me off. But I guess once you sent me that, Mayor, um, one of the reasons I thought that was pretty interesting is because last week on this Wednesday space, we had a question that was in the realm of like connecting to new D apps and claiming airdrops and that kind of stuff. And like, how can you be safe in that and just sort of be the sort of unknowns there that, that people aren't super comfortable with. Um, and I thought that was a super good question and I answered it kind of specifically, but just a little bit of understanding of the general security principles, like how wallets work, how your private key or seed phrase plays into everything. I think just that background info can help dispel some of that. So I might just do a little, little overview on that in a second here, but Delray, appreciate you coming up, man. How's it going? Hey, all good, buddy. Uh, thank you for having me. I uh, hope everybody's doing okay. Uh, just jumping in, you know, uh, and just on the topic. And I don't know if you talked about this already, but it's very important to have a, a Borner wallet. I remember in my first days, uh, I used to connect my, my main wallet to, to everything that had a, a connect box. Yeah. <laughs> Like literally a throw. I have a wallet that's labeled Sketch. Like, and every time I every every now and then I'll look at it and be like, hmm, if someone else were to look at this, they might think that's where I hide like sketchy black market funds or something. But no, it's literally the wallet I use to connect to sketchy stuff. That's like such a good tip. Um, and that even that tip uh, kind of goes into what I was starting to touch on before, where like not everyone even realizes that something like Kepler is the front end for a wallet. So you can manage multiple different addresses and like on-chain wallets, like having a burner wallet, like you're talking about, doesn't have to be, you know, a whole other annoying thing to keep track of. Um, so honestly, I, I might just start there. Um, well, it's kind of weird, weird today. The room's so small. I do recognize a lot of you guys, so I don't want to preach stuff. People kind of already know um, when there's, literally so much in the cosmos to learn from. Um, but I guess, I guess I'll do it real quick. Cause again, anyone's free to pop up here and request topic change, but like Kepler is a software that lets you easily interact with the blockchain. Kepler is not where your funds live, right? Same with MetaMask. Your, your funds are not in MetaMask. Um, and I know for a fact that that is one of the most common misconceptions in all of crypto because of the way I hear people ask, like the phrasing they use when it comes to airdrops. They'll be like, is this airdrop eligible if my coins are in Kepler or like in Cosmos Station? And like that just speaks to kind of, you know, a fundamental misunderstanding of like what's going on. So like your address that people would send you coins to that starts in Osmo or Cosmo, whatever chain you're on, that's that's like your address where your funds live. That is what's representative of anything important, um, like your funds live on chain at that address, whereas the wallet, something like Kepler or MetaMask. It's just your way so you don't have to know command line code. You don't have to open up a terminal to interact with and talk to the blockchain. So, you know, a good analogy for Kepler. Um, actually, I'm not going to go there since I don't have one off the top of my head. But Kepler lets you, for example, load up multiple different on-chain wallets and switch between them easily. A lot of people know this. A lot of people missed that because they think Kepler is their wallet. 
So like if you're in your browser extension um, and you sign into Kepler, I think it's the top right. There's like a little person uh, icon button. You'll click that and you'll see that you're like in your main wallet and you have the ability to either import or create a bunch of other ones. Um, and one of the number one reasons you'd want to do that is what Delray said, which is to have like a burner wallet or in general have multiple different wallets for for whatever reason, like maybe you want your wallet that's really cold storage. You don't do much DeFi with it. It's secured by a ledger. Um, then maybe you want one that you like play around with more and maybe you don't deal with a ledger, but you're also not necessarily connecting to sketchy stuff. It's just your like kind of fast liquidity money and then maybe a third one per sketchy stuff. And it, it kind of totally goes to you at that point of, you know, what you might personally want to get out of it. Um, or like what, what benefits you might get from multiple wallets, what benefits you need um, on a case by case basis. But yeah, that, I think it was mayor. You might remember this. Was it clay that was in here one night? And that was like his big tip is he was like, yeah, I do with like three or four different wallets and he has it set up in brave. So like each different user is a different wallet or was that him? It might've been, um, you know, the, the interesting thing with Kepler is it might've been, clay i'm not sure but like yeah no worries you can just quickly add it you can just hit that plus that plus button in kepler and just add a new wallet now i think i don't know is that just like another i can't i'm getting confused if like you have to go through the whole brand new seed phase or if that just like adds another like account to your already made wallet i think it's like cool yeah yeah, so that's that's a good question. So like it will add another account to your wallet in the sense of, you know, your Kepler wallet has a password that lets yeah. you log into it. It's it's under that same account. That password, the way I describe it in my like guide videos that I've been doing is that password uh, that you set up or on Cosmos Station, they do a pin instead of a password, whichever it is. That's your password to this local installation of this wallet. So like I have a couple different computers. I have Kepler on all of them. They don't have the same password. Or if they do, it's because I chose to make them the same password. But they are not linked in any way. It's just logging into your Kepler cause of that password. Then within there, yes, when you add a new on-chain address, you do have to either create a new one and back up the seed phrase or import an existing one by putting in the seed phrase. So it's kind of these like two different pieces of the puzzle. There's the front end wallet interface that kind of doesn't have an account, but you know, it has your password to be able to get in and use it. And then your on-chain addresses. And the only link between those is that you have given Kepler the knowledge of your seed phrase or your monomic or private key so that it is able to talk to the blockchain and do stuff on your behalf. The general idea of Kepler is like, if I wanted to uh, claim my staking rewards, if I just wanted to send you coins, in theory, I would have to like connect to the blockchain through either like every blockchain does it different, but some kind of like command line terminal interface or like core wallet or something that's not easy to use. And you type in a command to send and Kepler is basically giving you a button option to do that. And then it's doing that code stuff on the back end. Um, and that's why it needs your private key and your seed phrase and all that. Cause you're kind of like letting Kepler talk to the blockchain on your behalf. Um, so let, let me ask you this question. Yeah. If you forget the password, yep. that's good that's, question. That's no big deal. <laughs> nope. 
Yep, because you could just uninstall Kepler completely. And I mean, you'd have to set it up again, which would suck. But you forget your Kepler password. Yeah, that's not a problem. As long as you still have the seed phrases or the private keys or whatever of the accounts that were in Kepler. That's the huge stipulation. Like, if you don't back up your keys, though, and you lose your Kepler password, then you are screwed. Right. Got, Does that make it. sense? Yeah, because that, that always threw me off, too, because I, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's like I've been doing this for over a year, but it's just like it's and I'm sure it's somewhere within Kepler's frequently asked questions. I mean, you can go to the Kepler website. They've got a lot yeah. of information on there, but it's like, how often do you do that? You know, it's just, yeah. you're just we're just so used to the old school way of like, you know, like the Web two, you know, username and password, you know, and then mm-hmm. but then there's two factor authentication. Auth- authorization and and i really think that could be like a next level thing that that kepler or a lot of these digital wallets could do like if you want to move more than whatever your like set limit is like say you want to move more than a thousand dollars then you Mm -hmm. should do two-factor authorization i I, that would probably be a little bit more difficult for them to do but there's got to be a way to make it easier (laughs) i think they could do it by instead of relying on something like text or google authenticator which has its own security concerns just have it be that you authenticate it in your kepler mobile wallet so if both of your wallets are signed into the same on-chain address then maybe it needs to get approved from two different of them or something like that could maybe work out but yeah kramer i see you what's up man I don't want to interrupt the uh, discussion, but related, no, related, yeah, it's related to Kepler too. How would how would Kepler? Is there an assurance that Kepler wouldn't know our seed phrases? And also, um, you know, there's a lot of what popping out. Like uh, if you know Citadel one, there's you can put your seed phrase there, and everything yep. will sync out. So how would we be safe with our own uh, fast phrase, and no one will know? Yeah. So this is a question I had, and I mean. Because I'm not a coder, still have a bit. Like, I don't think you'll ever get a satisfying answer unless you're able to look at the code yourself. But the general consensus is that, like, the one thing that it is okay to put your seed phrase into um, are wallets and, like, well-vetted wallet software. But then the ambiguity comes up with the well-vetted part because there have been wallets that have been the source of funds being lost, like whether they were scams or they got a, had an exploit in them somehow. So it's like there's no great answer. Um, basically, for me, this is how I think about it. When I like found Kepler, uh, I've been in the Cosmos forever, but I kind of missed the initial like Osmo juno boom like when kepler took off so like i've had a cosmos station for the longest time that's what i use so when i kind of joined and kepler was already in full swing my thing that made me okay to do it is i just hopped on twitter and i was like okay literally everyone's using kepler like if there's a problem with kepler like it's a scam or something there's much bigger like i'm not the only one that's going to suffer the entire ecosystem's done for at that point so it's like why do i even care about my atom or whatever it might be um so it's just a little bit of like all right if everyone's using it then either there's also the assumption that if everyone is using it there are a lot of people that are coders that have looked at the code and verified like okay it doesn't do anything malicious with your seed phrase it secures it pretty well it encrypts it xyz um but there's no like hard answer for you aside from just the community consensus i guess so the i guess the question better the better form question is is like the the 
the software is the one is what is generating the either the 12 or 24 word seed phrase it's it's and the question is like how do we know there's not some back door that the oh the seed phrase is getting copied is that the so, question yeah i think that's kind of what you're asking right kramer like how do we know that when you sign into citadel they aren't actually taking your seed phrase with plans to do something malicious yes. with it right yes that's it yeah, yeah. i mean for one like I guess with that's a really good question. Yeah, in a general sense, never never put your seed phrase into a wallet that's closed source. I guess I'd say that because part of the reason that a ton of people using Kepler gives me confidence is because it's open source, and I know that the crypto community is full of people that are both able to and very much wanting to vet code like that and make sure that it's safe for the community. Um, so, like, as long as it's open source, you see. Um, a lot of people using it chances are it's safe but i don't know yeah that that's kind of that's all i got for you there that that would be a good that would be a good question for one of the the weekly um osmosis uh spaces because the like like today the um the head of kepler what's his name starts with the j um jet is it josh lee i think yeah, Josh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was on. He was on the spaces call, and it would that would be a great question for him because I'm sure there's some technical way that they can explain. It's like, yeah, we we cannot see every time someone st- creates a new wallet on Kepler. I'm I'm sure there's there's like you said, open code that can prove it. Yeah, that proves your your seed phrase not only is not being like shared with anyone at kepler or something but that it's also like highly encrypted and like it's not going to be exposed at any point in you doing stuff um but yeah i guess wallets are a tricky one because i know back in the last bull run like let me google this as i say it i think there was like a wallet called elect Electro something, Electronium wallet hack something. Yeah, Electronian. This it. I I don't know. There there's some like wallet that was the source of losers. Go ahead. I haven't heard any any hacking or any scamming within the wallets of uh, Cosmos Base. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I would say that like in general, of all the wallets that I've seen across all the different ecosystems, it is a very, very, very tiny, tiny minority that have had a problem with them. Um, usually that is not the the main vector of like attack for scammers. But yeah, so far in the cosmos, there's there's been nothing. But I will say there are like smaller cosmos wallets that people probably haven't even heard of that like, they might be safe, but just in the realm of everything we're talking about, like why risk them, right? Like there's one called Rainbow Wallet, which is like for the Iris chain and like the Iris ecosystem. And like, I, I'm sure it's like not a scam, but it is also like, it's just one other place to put your seed phrase. And it's like, do I really need that? And so I guess, I guess one tip would be just like, keep your stuff as minimal and simple as you need it to. Like, don't be afraid to have a wallet both on your phone and your computer. And maybe, you know, I have my same on-chain addresses loaded up into both Kepler and Cosmos Station. 
But I do that because I have actual reason to and benefit for whenever there's any kind of problem going on on Kepler or some more like advanced thing I can't do. Or if I want to use SIF chain without a VPN or anything, I'll use Cosmos Station because it like it supports more chains. It has like a different way of doing stuff. There's an actual reason for it. But like if I'm not planning on getting the extra XCT from like the Citadel staking and I'm not using like the Iris hub that much, like it's probably just safer to not use those wallets. So it's just one less place that you're typing in your seed phrase, you know, but yeah, happy to take more specific wallet questions, but specifically on that, like I am also at a tiny bit of a loss. Like I've had this question for people. I asked Sonny on one of these ones. So I was like, I was like, just just 10 minutes ago, you were telling all of us, like, don't put your seed phrase in anywhere. And now you're talking about the Citadel One wallet or interface where you do need to. And so, like, what's the difference there? And even he kind of floundered a little. He was just like, okay, yeah, good point. Well, you know, like it's and he said kind of more or less what I said, like, well, it's a wallet and like we know the team members and it's open source and like so. I guess I'll kind of leave it there in a moment. Sorry if that wasn't the answer you were particularly looking for, Kramer. But <laughs> yeah, I would say also the the safest way to do it is to use a ledger. If you wanna be safe or like a hardware wallet, yeah, that way yep. you don't even have to put your secrets in a in a, in a wallet. Yeah, that's a good point, Kramer. Do you use any kind of like? Do you have a Trezor or a ledger? Yeah, I use ledger. Yeah, it's a hard to run. Yeah, that's what I used to, and and I like it because I can use it with my phone, I can use it with my laptop. So either way, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question though, because um, it's like all you're ever told is like don't put your seed phrase in anywhere, and then you know as you start to explore the ecosystem, find out there's various wallets, whatever, like you're asked to, and so it's like ah. yeah, I totally get that. Um, but I mean, building off that, there is really no reason any D app, any airdrop, anything like that should ever have to ask for your seed phrase. It, it really should be only a wallet that you would ever type that into. Like, for example, I don't think Desmos is a scam. They're a chain that is in the Cosmos that launched a couple months ago. Um, but they had part of their airdrop, like before it was ready, where you could claim it by putting in a seed phrase and like. I had to kind of stress, like, I am not saying they are a scam, but that still does not make this a good idea. Like, just, there's just no need for it. Wait until something better comes about. And it did literally within hours, I think. Like, within hours, there was another method to avoid that. So, I think if you don't put your seed phrase in anywhere and use a hardware wallet, of course, um, but then another one is actually look at your Kepler pop-ups. That's sort of the one I stress to people a lot that um, I don't think gets taken to heart quite as much, where it's like Kepler, one of the reasons it's really cool is it kind of translates what's going on on the code side to like human readable English, like not even pseudo code, like straight up. It'll be like, okay, here's this pop-up window for you to approve or reject. Here is what they're asking you to approve. They want to see your address on chain, which basically means you tell them what your address is and request transactions on your behalf, basically meaning cause more pop-up windows to happen of which you can also like approve and disprove. So like you read that those are the only two things it's asking for. I trust Kepler enough where like, 
yeah, I believe that. Like, I will accept that, even if it's a sketchy chain or a site, because it's like, I know that I am not giving it any permission to do anything weird. Um, one of my favorite examples of this is the Badger DAO hack that happened last year on Ethereum, where the actual Badger DAO protocol got hacked, but in a very clever way that basically made it so after the hack occurred, um, when people went to do their, you know, daily, weekly, however often they checked out, checked this D app, this DAO, um, there was a new Kepler or MetaMask pop-up asking for new permissions. And a lot of people noticed this and were like, yo, I use this every day. It's never asked me for these permissions before. What the heck's going on? But a lot of people just clicked accept because it's just part of their routine. The same way some of us might claim osmosis rewards every day, do the same thing, reinvest, click through all these buttons. Like, it is worth it to check those pop-ups even if you're on a site you trust because what if they got hacked unbeknownst to the developers that you trust? And today's pop-up is not just asking if you want to, uh, you know, deposit your Cosmos from Cosmos Hub into Osmos, but it's actually asking to grant this app permission to make transactions on your behalf, which means as soon as you click accept on that, they could just send any of your liquid capital out. Um, so looking at pop-ups is just a huge one. Um, yeah. Yeah. If let me add to that uh, about the pop-up, you know, in Kepler, you have like two tabs. The one on the on the left says like all the transaction details and stuff. And then you have uh, on the right side, a data tab when you can see like the code and stuff. Uh, maybe most of us are not developers, but it, it's good. It's a good practice to always check on that data tab because you will see a suspicious code even, I mean, you will know a suspicious, a suspicious code when you see it, even if you're not a developer, I can tell you that. But yeah, but you only you only will notice that if you kind of keep an eye on it, like you're saying. So great, like fucking awesome point, honestly, because maybe you don't know what you're looking at. But if you at least glance at them every now and then, you're going to have a hell of a lot easier time noticing when something looks very different. Like you don't know what's different. You can't read the code, but like this chunk should not be here. You'll be able to say Um Here's a kind of good example of this. So the asset mantle airdrop that recently happened, I, I totally trust them. I've seen them on Persistence page for like a long time. But people in the community were a little wary. There's just, I don't even know where the rumors came from, just of like scam or it being weird or whatever. So I got to the point where it asks you to make a magic transaction. And there's like a little info pop up. This is like, what exactly is this? And it's like, oh, we're just going to sell this. Or we're going to send the smallest denomination of Adam to our account, thus like registering you as eligible for the airdrop or whatever. And I trusted it 99%. I was mainly curious if this was going to work, but let's say you didn't trust it. What I actually did is I clicked on their little complete magic transaction button. Kepler came up with a pop-up. I went to the data tab you're talking about, Delray. I found the recipient address. So the address that they were sending the 001 to copied that address closed the pop-up and just manually sent this one to my Kepler wallet and manually sent 0.001 or whatever it was, Adam to that address. And it worked. And that also proved to me that like, okay, I wasn't able to really like, that was some pretty simple code. I could look at it and see like, this is just a transaction, but let's say you weren't even that confident, just do it that way. And 
I don't know. I hope that makes sense. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure nobody else did that for the asset mantle thing. I wanted to make like a little video on it, but I, I couldn't get it yeah. to work again. <laughs> the, the thing about the thing about that, they had so many steps there to to be able to claim that airdrop. It just seemed like they were wanting more user participate participation, but they did not make it very user friendly because the website was a little uh, clanky. That when you have to take the quiz. Did you do the the quiz thing? Did it? I don't think I did it every day, but yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like there was no way to like hit submit, like after you answered the questions. It just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was just like complete. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sending sending the very small transaction. I tried it a couple times, and it's like it at first it didn't even go through. I I don't know. It was not the best setup, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But anyways, getting back to uh, to wallets, it's once you get comfortable with Kepler, it's not bad. But but like you said, the having a burner wallet, um, knowing where you're sending to, and, and just basic stuff like that, it's just good to review for sure. Yeah, yep, yeah. I just see. I guess the the Cosmos portion of that airdrop finished, so that's like completed. And I, mean, I guess I have my tokens now. I don't know. But yeah, um, so we got a couple more people that have trickled in here. I'm I'm kind of curious. Uh, I try and market these spaces as you know, like come ask questions. Um, so I'm really curious if anyone came here with questions, things they are curious about, things they stumbled across in the cosmos that either don't know how to interact with from like a technical perspective, or maybe it's just a project you might want to know more about. Um, so anyone feel free to come up. That's what I kind of try and make these spaces. Um, but if not, I think I'm just going to turn back to the tweet, which I did pin above. Um, this was the tweet I was talking about earlier, thread, major thread that uh, Mayor had sent me. That's just like a super thread for security. So like everything you might want to know. Um, I don't know what in particular. Oh, I guess one other thing I wanted to touch on is with because uh, someone asked me this last week and I realized that it's probably not a super known thing. So someone was like, how can you like kind of clean up your Kepler wallet? Like, let's pretend you've connected to a bunch of things and you're kind of sketched out and you want to like, just like, you can revoke privileges in Kepler wallets. So like, if you open up your wallet on desktop and go to its little settings menu in the hamburger icon, um, there'll be an option called manage connections. Like it's pretty easy to find if you just click around and on there, like if I look at mine, we have like airdrop dot asset mantle dot one airdrop dot dot one app dot dot com app dot osmosis dot com, et cetera. And so these are all places that I visited and they have given me a pop-up that says, Hey, we're requesting to be able to interact with Kepler in this way. Um, and it's it's probably just good practice in general, even if you trust everything on here, to go through these sometimes and anything you don't use anymore, uh, exit out. Because you don't know if maybe like way down the road, the project will get abandoned, then updated, and suddenly one of the wallet permissions you gave it before can be used for a nefarious purpose or, or whatever. So that's like nothing to stress about if you forget it's not Fuck the end you, of the world, beach. but I've gotten that question Fuck a lot. Mother Beach cool um wow are you kidding me man <laughs> sorry about that no i should have looked at his profile before i exact accepted <laughs> um yeah that was my bad more so 
Uh, but yeah, so like cleaning up your connections in Kepler, kind of good practice. People always also just wanted to know if it was possible. And all that will do too, like if I were to click the X next to uh, osmosis here, all that would do is just when I revisit osmosis, I would have to reapprove those initial pop-ups that you got the very first time you went to the site. And then it'll like be linked again. Hey, uh, Timmy, um, just, just some feedback on the audio. It sounds like your mic is like moving a lot. Or is that just me? Is it is that just me, guys, or does it sound like no, I, can, I can hear it too? It sounds like your your mic's getting banged up or something. Okay, thank you. I may here Del Delray. I saw you had your hand raised. Let me try and fix some stuff and take it away. Yeah, uh, good point on the managing connections. That that's definitely a good practice. Uh, you keep on saying that you're gonna do a video on something. Do you have like a YouTube channel that I'm not aware of? Yeah, so I have um, a YouTube channel just called the same thing as my account here, Tendiment Timmy. Um, and that's mainly like project interviews and like deep dives on stuff, or, like kind of longer form content. Um, but I've also partnered with the validator Smart Nodes. And so everything on their YouTube channel, I actually made. So I'm kind of like the Paxos and they're like Binance, just buying like branding on my stable coin and my videos. Um, but super happy to work with them. They, they help out a lot. So uh, I try and post those every now and then. But if you uh, I'll throw some up in the above, uh, like attached to this Twitter space, actually. But on there, it's all like five minute, roughly three to like seven minute, like setting up Kepler, how to stake Adam, how to the kind of things that just like a total noob would search for um, on YouTube and just get like a. I just wanted to create something more, yeah, more comprehensive because like there's a lot of videos out there like how to make a wallet or whatever, but not a lot of them are going to include any extra info to like help the person kind of take off on the right foot. So I try and explain stuff like this is not your like wallet on chain. This is like your front end or this password is just for this installation. The stuff we've been talking about tonight, really. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, that, that, that's cool because sometimes it feels like the videos you see of review or step-by-step -step guides are for people like only people in the crypto market will get it no like a newbie there are that is what, technical right yeah uh, that's that is so spot on my roommate is like into crypto because of me but he's not like into it he just like has some because he knows it's smart and trust me and that is the one thing he's called out about my videos he's like um, he's like the, the YouTube algorithm knows we're friends or whatever. So it actually recommends them to me, but I watch them and I'm like, Oh, I understand what he's saying. And like, I don't, I don't get any of this world. Um, and then he calls out exactly what you said. He's like, I sometimes try and go watch crypto content or like crypto Twitter or whatever. And it's always these people that seem like a, they don't really know what they're talking about. And they're also talking to other people who like are just in their world and only those people. Um, and I, th I think that makes sense because I think like, what's the old saying? It's like the best, the best test of how well, you know, something is how like simply you can explain it and how like basically you can break it down. And I would argue that a lot of like newer content creators and stuff or influencers that came out of this recent bull run aren't like past that level. Like they do understand crypto. They do understand what's going on, but not well enough to like introduce new audiences. All they can do is speak to other crypto people, you know? Hope that kind of makes sense. Um, I noticed too, just while I have you up here, Del Rey, are you part of the like staking team or are you, do you, is that like your thing or what's your relation there? 
Well, yeah, I actually work for a stake and they are a, a validator in the Cosmos ecosystem and also some other networks. Yeah, no, I'm familiar. I think I, I think I delegate with you at least on a couple chains. Um, <laughs> That's what's point. your what's your role there? Are you like technical or marketing or? Well, actually, I'm more in the marketing side, writing you know articles and and stuff and and yeah, basically trying to raise their awareness on social media. That's basically it. Cool. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Then the the best thing about it is that. The network I'm assigned to, it's uh, the whole Cosmos ecosystem. So I'm a cosmonaut by heart, so I'm living the dream, man, basically. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of uh, both validators and like people on validator teams on here, but I'm pretty sure they have all been purely Cosmos validators, whereas Staken operates in other ecosystems, correct? Yes, it's over 30 networks. Uh, we have Cosmos, Ethereum, Polkadot. Uh, near uh, recently we started uh, just today we posted the, the tweet uh, on chain link as well and yeah uh, a lot of networks uh, to be honest oh so you guys are running a chain link node yeah yeah they use, oh, they use hell yeah. the partnership today on twitter very cool very cool are you guys gonna do something like link pool where like an average person like me could come and like stake with you or i, I didn't I catch that no worries, not really Cosmos related, so no worries. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can ask me anything about Cosmos, but uh, besides that, I mean, I used to be a Solana Moon boy back in the day, but <laughs> but, be, but besides that, uh, just ask me Cosmos. <laughs> I mean, one question I always like to ask, just because there's always an interesting answer, is like, how did you get to Cosmos, especially from Solana? Like, what uh, what kind of made you go? Oh, this is the place to be. <laughs> Hey, that, that's a great question, actually. Um, well, I mean, I started my journey on, on Bitcoin and and yeah, I always have been genuinely curious. And I don't know how I got into Solana, to be honest. I believe it, it was because it was cheaper than Ethereum. And then a friend of mine, he works for Public Mint. Uh, he sent me a, post, a podcast episode that he recorded on Cosmos and IBC and and interoperability and all of that stuff and and i don't know i like the episode then i start to do my reading i open up a, a document that says what is cosmos uh i read that like three or four times and and after that man here i am <laughs> just read a lot of it awesome yeah yeah uh, i don't Did remember the last time i saw like my phantom wallet which used to be my solana wallet and that mm-hmm. was this that was on June um, 2021 that I heard that episode. So so yeah, yeah. Dude, very cool. Very cool. Did you spend Thank a lot you. of time in like DeFi and other chains? Could you compare it? Like would you say Cosmos is a better like D app? I don't want to just say DeFi, but like D app in general. So like wallets interacting with stuff, all that sort of how does that how does that experience kind of compare? Because I know Solana's not bad, right? Yeah. Well, uh I remember I used Uniswap a few times and it worked alright. Uh that my main issue was only the fees uh when I had to do it. And for me, what impressed me the most about the, the Cosmos ecosystem is like how well the blockchains work between them. I mean, using Osmosis is it's it's a delight, right? Uh it's very fast. It's very responsive. 
sometimes uh, transaction fails, but most of the time when that happens is because you are doing that uh, on the epoch time, for example, when when the rewards are being distributed. But yeah, I, I mean, I can say it's very solid between bit Cosmos and Solana. I can say Cosmos is really, really solid. Now, if you say Ethereum and, and Cosmos, for example, Ethereum is also good and it's a good blockchain. Like I said, my main issue was the fees and that was the reason why I was looking for other options, right? Yeah, and so maybe would you say like the interoperability is what drove you here as opposed to like a sidechain or an L2 for ETH? Yeah, I mean, I learned about interoperability just with Cosmos. I, I, wasn't, I was so uh, lost in the concept of cross-chain, for example. And I learned that here and, and I got blown away by the concept. And I remember when I did my first IBC transaction, uh, I mean, first I, I was using osmosis and, and I wasn't aware I was doing an IBC transaction while using osmosis. But I remember one time I wanted to transfer uh, Atom. It was just testing. I believe it was Atom to, to the VPN. I don't remember. And I remember I directly transfer uh from the in the same kepler i directly transferred that atom directly to dvpn without going through osmosis and for me that was amazing <laughs> uh, i can tell you that uh, i didn't have to use like a bridge uh, in solana we had a few bridges to to connect with ethereum for example uh, in ethereum we have a few bridges as well but nothing like like ibc for example I don't know if I'm making sense right now. Too. Oh, yeah. No, totally. And like IBC in general is cool, but osmosis is definitely the thing that wows people. When you just click a deposit button, it detects the address. It, it you know, does everything right there. No, Absolutely. It, yeah, it's crazy. Um, meet Mr. Mr. Meter. Oh, my God. That gave me a flashback to this terrifying show my younger brother used to watch called like Mr. Meaty Meat. What a disturbing thing, but <laughs> Mr. Meter, what's up, man? Glad to have you up here. Unless maybe, oh, yeah. No, I wasn't sure if he stepped away. I was about to say, unless he's gone, but go ahead. No way. I think Twitter just kicked him. <laughs> oh, Twitter. Lovely. Maybe we'll get him back. Um, oh, he's, he went down. Hey, I wanted, yeah. to, mention, I wanted to mention the uh, Osmosis Weekly Call that um, they mainly talked about the regen and how osmosis is going to go carbon neutral. Um, they, they had the, uh, one of the leads from regen on there. They were talking about that. Then they, then also on that osmosis call, they talked about, <clears throat> talked a little bit about, um, about the relayers being down there. It, I think there was like maybe 40 minutes last night that there were some issues on the network with transfers, but um, Sonny pretty much said it was all cleaned up. And then they also talked about, um, gosh, they had another person on that was um, affiliated with Kepler. Uh, and they, they also had Josh on there also. And they talked a little bit about um some Kepler stuff. So I know that's pretty vague, but just kind of just a rundown of what was on the weekly call with osmosis. Dude. Very cool. I'm excited for regen to pick up steam. I think them and IXO, if they do everything right, um, they could actually become 
almost like an alternative marketing arm to Luna. Like not in the sense that they'll focus on marketing, but the stuff they're tackling. And for everyone not aware, um, IXO is like, they call themselves the blockchain of impact. And so they just, it's a platform that's trying to enable you to make an impact in, in various problems, everything from poverty to hunger to, you know, natural disasters that might happen, whatever. And then Regen is kind of similar, but very focused on uh, environmental in particular and like uh, helping stuff prove that they're carbon neutral and like have incentives for being carbon neutral or negative. Um, and I think that especially with the that being one of the biggest criticisms of crypto um i think if they like take off and start doing big things that will drive a whole new audience into the cosmos um for for like totally different reasons than that like the audience i'm thinking of they don't care that so i call luna our marketing arm like of the cosmos like they just bought five years branding on like some washington baseball team like the people that might attract to come check out our ecosystem um, are different than the people that like Regen and IXO and the things they're working towards are, are going to attract. Um, and that's just yet another reason I think the cosmos is destined to win, because since our whole thing is different chains, different specializations, like we'll have a little bit of everything to the point where soon we'll have the best of everything. And like if you want to do DeFi stuff. You come to the cosmos. Maybe, maybe you do it on Luna Chain if you want to really like maximize your stablecoin leverage with UST. Maybe you know once you know osmosis will have updates in the future. I'll have a lending protocol. Maybe you want to do that stuff or environmental. Like it's going to have a little bit of everything due to the nature of cosmos being so open ended. Um, whereas like there are some projects like you probably literally could not build on Ethereum due to the scope and nature of them and like what kind of computation they would need. They would either need a faster blockchain or their own. Um, and so in that sense, from like a technical level too, it's like the cosmos will allow for things that are more or less impossible now. And not just new things we haven't thought of yet, but just things like osmosis becoming the best decks in all of crypto. There's a good possibility that whatever the best decks will be has to be on its own chain. It's the only way it's going to have the kind of throughput that is needed and like specialization. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so hyped for the cosmos to keep growing. It's why I really don't get too concerned with like drama in the cosmos. Cause I feel like it's yeah. not real drama. It's smart people trying to figure out smart things and they call it drama because we're in our world. But then you go look at other ecosystems and you're like, Oh shit, we have a good, we're like arguing about like thoughtful technical problems and like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think, I think what's unique to unique to the system is it's like, there is no like one leader. Um, you know, I know like if you, if you look at Terra Luna, it's like, obviously, yeah, you have Terraform labs and, and dough. And I mean, that helps, but it also can give people who want to spread a lot of FUD a, a place to, um, you know, try to attack, you know, one individual person. But I think like within the cosmos, it's like you, it is extremely decentralized. We value decentralization. But with that, you know, you do just have, you know, things move slowly or not fast enough for some people or, you know, it's just, 
each individual chain is its own level one blockchain. And so there's just a lot of different different things going on, you know, in Cosmos. But um, you know, I, I want I also wanted to to talk about um what one thing uh Sonny mentioned was that the reason for the issues last night with with Osmosis was um someone was um I guess it was like someone was was uh clogging up the 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 osmosis with um like a, a repeat transaction um hack or not a hack sorry um like a repeat transaction um it was slowing like, like a spam thing kind of a spam attack yes and they they yeah. talked about that and they knew that because of the zero fees they they were they were surprised this hadn't happened sooner um so that that's that's what caused the slowdown last night and they went into a little bit of detail about that it was like a spam yeah and it was because it's because of the zero fees and did they have any insight into why this hasn't happened earlier because i think a lot of people kind of had that question and still do like why is that not exploited on osmosis more um yeah, yeah. they went into it i wasn't i wasn't able like i wasn't listening exactly word for word for it but um i believe um you know, they were talking about like on Kepler, you know how like you can cho- choose low, medium or the high um, for the transaction in the high. You do have to pay for osmosis They were They were talking about moving the medium to like um, z- 0.00001 Osmo just to keep a, a spam attack from like like that happening again. Um, and then they went into some detail about, um, you know, maybe trying to s- change the setup a little bit. but. Um, I'm pretty sure it was probably recorded by Terra Spaces. So um, anyone who wants to listen to the uh, the weekly Osmosis um, call in, they 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 definitely can. But I believe it's usually Wednesdays at, at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but it, it looks like yeah, the for, over, it looks for, like the the overall market's kind of pumping right now. I didn't know if I was trying to look at the general news. I didn't know if any any good news had come out. Um, oh yeah past like week or so it just looked absolutely like doom and gloom like definitely gonna crash so like obviously it was gonna go up that's just how it works whenever like everybody's sure about a direction it does the opposite (laughs) well hey uh, cardano's pumping today it's back above a dollar so hey congrats to all the people who who held through the the big Cardano slump. <laughs> There's a Cosmos coin that did a pretty crazy pump earlier, but it's not one that has IBC on yet. Does anyone Fetch. follow it's, Fetch? Yeah, yeah, the Fetch AI. It's because they announced they're gonna they're gonna enable IBC here. Yeah, I think that I think they got some funding also. So um, I believe that's why that coin is moving. I wonder um, if Oasis is ever going to turn on IBC. Like Rose, the other privacy network secrets competitor. Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I don't understand the benefit of not turning it on. They so what's funny is I've looked into it. They said they will be turning on IBC one time over a year ago, and not a mention of it since. So <laughs> who knows? But yeah, well, like what uh, the only benefit I could think. I mean, I can't think of a specific benefit, but if they don't, I will assume it is for reasons similar to why Binance is doing it, but motivated by, you know, either them or partners. Like, I know they 
partnered with Meta. I don't know to what extent that's really a thing, but maybe maybe Facebook like has some actual influence and it's like, nope, you're going to be a closed system, a closed ecosystem. That's our stipulation. I don't know. But it does seem like IBC has nothing to offer but positives, right? Like, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I've I've looked into a little bit of, of Fetch, and uh, I was just you know because they're they're AI and uh, AI software, so I've looked into it a little bit. It looks it looks interesting, you know. So, anyways, but uh, two so two quick things. One, I want to shout out since you brought it up, Mayor. Um, shout out Terra Spaces, who's in here. Um, honestly, does so much work for this ecosystem. Like this is a pretty small call right now uh, this week. And still taking the time to be in here recording it. Um, if anyone's not following Terra Spaces, give them a follow. Um, not only do they like upload all of these spaces, but they actually like edit them a bit, which you might not think is like a lot of work because you know you're just letting voices play at face value. But like, trust me, like when you do it as much as they do, it's a ton of work, and you're appreciated, man. Um, and then. What else was I going to say? Yeah, I actually want to crowdsource some of your guys, like who are listening's uh, thoughts and info. Like, I want you guys to maybe help me. So, one of these times, one of these Wednesday sessions, um, and, and I'll kind of market it as, as this beforehand, I want to like pair it with a live stream, probably just like on my YouTube. I'll just make it simple. I won't like integrate Twitch or anything. I'll just be like, search me on YouTube live. And just share my screen while we go through stuff and like onboard some new people to osmosis and show them the interface. And even just as I talk about Kepler, be able to like point to and be like, you know, this thing, X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, but I guess what I want uh, thoughts from you guys is just ways to sort of uh, reach out and promote something like that to non-Cosmos people. Because like these spaces are always awesome. I have a blast. Um, and it is so cool that I recognize most of the faces in here, but that's not what I'm aiming for on these Wednesdays. And while I hope I continue to see all your faces, what we all really collectively want, I know we're in this together, is like new non-Cosmos people in here that I know exist because I see people uh, like comment on things, even some of my things, like they'll tag friends in this and be like, oh, this is just what you need. Or I'll talk to really friends and people are like, I just need like a, a little crash course on like getting started. Or like the thing with crypto is there's no support desk you can call. You can't have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone and like, we can fix that. We got this right here. Um, so I'm just wondering like how people, especially for people who maybe have hopped ecosystems. So like Delray, what you were commenting on earlier, like when you're in, ingrained in one ecosystem, what's the type of thing that might make you willing to go look elsewhere? Or maybe if you're not a crypto person, anyone in here who recently got converted to crypto, like what did that for you? What, what was the thing and what's the best way to reach people? Like I'm, I'll just start it off with an idea, but please come hop up here. Thank you. Someone's requesting. Um, like one of my ideas is formulate a tweet each day, um, sharing the space, but have that tweet totally laser focused on one community. So being like calling all Cardano people like X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, but even that, like that just might come across your feed as like uh, environment or ecosystem, like poaching. And like, you might just scroll past that out of like, like, oh, that's annoying. Like, I don't know how to approach something like this, but anytime someone takes a moment to check out the cosmos, they love it. 
right? So, oh, damn, we had someone request to come up. Trevor, you, Trevor, you good? Did you not mean to request? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, just give me one second. I'm just in the car, so uh, oh. I'll hop on because I'm actually, uh, it's funny, you know, you, uh, uh, you mentioned Cardano, and I'm the perfect example for this. But just give me one minute, and uh, I'm just busy for a no, second. No, I didn't mean to rush you. My Twitter... My Twitter actually was telling me that you were still a listener. So I thought you'd step down. Yeah, no rush at all, man. Um, looks like we got someone else actually, maybe with some thoughts. Hi, uh, Crypto Steve. Good afternoon. How's everyone? Um, calling you guys from Miami. Um, nice. Really hope uh, maybe some of you guys are going to come down for the, uh, the Bitcoin conference. I'm not too sure, but um, uh, last year I was at the, uh, the Bitcoin conference and more so I have really dove into the uh, the cosmos world um for the last um um over a year now and um i actually got my foot in the door with adam and uh i've been you know holding on and growing my adam you know for a while now <clears throat> amongst the other coins and so forth and um did what what is your feelings about how adam is progressing that's that's a good question <laughs> that's a great question yeah you want to take it first man um i mean you're just like I, i'm just trying to look into your question a little bit as far as like the you know the atom itself a lot of people you know the question is well what's what's the use case for the atom token you know it, it is you know the it, it it's it's for the cosmos hub it you know eventually it was the it's the original um foundation network you know that all the ecosystem you know kind of got birthed out of you know you got the airdrops from from for juno from adam from holding adam and then you know all a lot of the other stuff i think i i, t- I tend to like want if you look at if you look at the history and and I, I actually posted a couple of videos from um, there was one from Zaki doing a, a talk. I think it was at, at MIT from 2019. You know, the original vision was to be the Internet of blockchains. They they saw that. Blockchains needed to be interoperable. And so things went really slow because they were working on, you know, getting IBC up and running. So. I think there's so much promise. There's so much promise and potential with the net, with the Cosmos ecosystem. Now, th- that's different than saying, well, what do you think about the Atom token? The question about the Atom token is different than when you talk about the ecosystem itself. So, you know, back to your original question, are you just speaking specifically about the Atom token or are you yeah, talking? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, amongst there's, you know, in the Cosmos network, you know, you have, you know, Juno and osmo and all these things i just you know i originally got my foot in with the atom token mm-hmm. and it's grown it's growing you know um uh, it's have its shortcomings in the sense of i think really taking off um yeah it's not it's not gonna I, moon it's not gonna moon like some of the other tokens yeah it's, it's a yeah. slow mover i'll say actually before i say my answer uh, trevor do you want to jump in on this one or are you just kind of getting in line Oh, I actually uh, kind of just jumped back in because uh, I know that you called on me before, but I had to go there for a minute. So I literally just got, got back. You. So I'll let you guys talk. In the- okay, cool. Yeah, I'll turn yeah. it over to you in a second. Yeah, just to finish my train of thought is that 
you know, looking back at some of the original videos of some of some of the the old school devs, it's like they they were planning out to be what you know. If you, I mean, all you gotta do is go to the Cosmos website and look at you know some of the statements. You know, the Internet of Blockchains and the the Atom token will accrue more and more value as more and more chains build on top of the Cosmos SDK software development kit and um, build on top of Cosmos. You know, eventually they do want to be the hub and there, 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 there can be, you know, if some government proposals go through, you know, they can make the Atom token deflation. We, we as a community could make the Atom token deflationary. We can lower the inflation, um, you know, level. Uh, Atom could be used as a type of relayer token um, for, you know, once once the ecosystem gets up to 100 or 200 chains. So I, I see a lot of potential, a lot of potential in the, in the ecosystem. And, you know, another person to listen to would be um, Cosmos Haas, who who hosts the show on Sundays. Um, you know, he he's he's been in this in the ecosystem a long time and, and he has a great way of just describing you know ibc and just how how much potential there is with the inter inter blockchain communication it, it's like most most developers understand that you know the chains will be connected one way or another so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i'll 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 take a crack too because i think i'm actually a lot more bullish on adam than a lot of people um I think Adam has three main value props, two of which everybody has at least been told, but I don't think they fully grasp. And then one that's kind of just already accepted and known, but nobody really acknowledges it. Um, and so I'll start with that one. That one is the the like... I don't know how to surmise it, because it's not just airdrops, but, but like airdrops are a great example. Like... Adam is this central, neutral thing that if you want to bootstrap, bootstrap a project by an airdrop, right now, it just makes sense for part of that to go to Adam Stakers. And like that could change, but what are some other like alternatives that would take its place down the road? Like Juno's kind of starting to do that. But we're also seeing Juno have some like controversy now as well as the fact that Juno will have competitors, other L1 smart contract platforms. And so at the end of the day, it's like, okay, the people who are staking Atom, especially because it doesn't have an overt value prop right now, are the kind of people that see long-term value and are probably the kind of people that I want to be my initial community for my project. And I don't think that should be like understated. I think that Adam acting as, and in that sense, it's kind of entirely unique. It's almost like, um, shit, there are way too many protocols on Terra. I get the names messed up. I think, Pylons, Pylon protocol on Luna, I think, is like just something where you stake Pylon token and you get like new protocol tokens that come into existence. So it's kind of like a launch pad type uh, service. And like Adam's kind of that in like a chain sense. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to go away. Um, I think that it is also perhaps one of the arguments for why Adam should not become deflationary because that value prop of 
giving airdrops to atom stakers that starts to have a big con if the atom supply starts diminishing to the point where like a couple holders have a lot of the atom. Whereas if a lot of it's just coming into effect every year, there's a lot more opportunity for new people to get in, buy it at a reasonable price, become stakers, join the community as like an average person, like myself and like the rest of you guys, as opposed to, you know, a whale or a, a entity or exchange or something even. Um, and then the other two value props, interchain security or, or shared security and interchain routing, which I, I really don't think people give enough credit because people look at the ecosystem and go, the ecosystem's thriving right now. It's working perfectly. It's awesome. Like, so how much can we really need these things? And so I'll start with interchain security. I see literally only two possibilities for the future. Either chains start wising up and using interchain security before it's too late and something happens. And in that way, we we get interchain security kind of fully adopted or inevitably something awful happens to a medium sized chain, whether it's a Sybil attack or whatever. And people go, oh, shit, we got to start using interchain security. Both of those options end with interchain security gaining mass adoption. I don't see a reality where as more and more and more and more chains are added to the cosmos, not one of them has a gamed airdrop that isn't caught or an actor that isn't able to gain supply over time through pretending to be multiple actors, which is what a Sybil is, Sybil attack. Um, and then for interchain routing, um, that one just kind of makes sense at a face level. If, if you understand how IBC routing works, like when I send a coin between chains, I can't just send it anywhere. I have to send it through a predetermined channel that's between those chains. So like if I send Adam from Cosmos Hub to Osmosis, it's using a certain channel that relayers or validators have set up to support. But if I then want to take that Adam that is on Osmosis and send it to secret network now that might not work because there is not a channel for the atom token that goes from the osmosis chain to the secret chain and so adam's proposition is hey eventually let's make it so you can just route everything through us wherever you want to send it you don't have to have a connection to them just connect to us and we'll connect to everywhere and then people might ask you know like well then won't the hub get bogged down like that's a lot of that's a lot of routing to do the hub could just spin up a second chain, the hub two, the hub three, and just either airdrop the, the coins for it on a one-to-one -one basis with atom holders or just make it a shared security chain that uses the, the main atom chain. Like, there's always ways to expand for these things, but shared security and interchain routing, I don't think they should be laughed at. The reason I think they aren't taken that serious is because... Cosmos is truly unique in crypto, right? There is no other internet of blockchains. We haven't ever explored that. It's actually the, the great unknown. It's not like we're just following in Ethereum's footsteps like so many other things in crypto. Um, and so as time goes on, the value of those things, I think, will show their really rear their head. Yeah, and I'd like to just uh, also tag on to that too. It's like, I think when you look at scalability, and this is what I, what I, you know, was talking about. Like when you go back to what some of the the original devs development team, they realized that there was a need for scalability. This was back in 2018 and 2019 because, you know, Ethereum and, and it's like, I, I don't want to, 
you know, I don't like this tribalism, you know, and, I, and I've heard other people say, you know, this Ethereum, and, and I agree, it's, it has scaling issues and it's very expensive. But I think this would be a good topic maybe for a, another another space or another Wednesday, Timmy. I'd really love, love to get into some of the deep conversation about Ethereum because if, if, mm, if, if yeah. they pull off Ethereum 2.0, you know, all power to them. And, and like, I think it's good to have a, a healthy functional Ethereum. You know, it's like, it's, it's not a bad thing for com cosmos. I, and I know you get to a lot of tribalism and, and competition and stuff like that, but I, I just think it's like, you know, I think the cosmos ecosystem and the Ethereum and all the, the level twos that are built on top of that can, no. co can go ex coexist peacefully. You're totally right. Like I, I do not see a future where Ethereum isn't a major player, um, at least in the near-term future. Um, but do I see them connecting to IBC in some respect? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're already going to have the infrastructure built in. Like They already kind of do. With, I mean, at a very, very, very core level, some of their L2s are already Cosmos SDK things, like Polygon. So like, there's already at least some base-level develop, base developer experience there for uh, yeah. you know, even, even if you if you listen to a lot of the hardcore ETH maximalists, they'll be like, they understand that like they want Ethereum to be the settlement layer. Like, like your yeah. your, your end users are not going to be settling. You know, gaming is not going to be happening on Ethereum, and it's like they yep. they, they desperately, I believe, want to get a lot of the NFT. You know what they want off of Ethereum? Yeah. You know what they want? They want interchain security with Ethereum being the hub. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But the, the the hard thing is they're they're in proof of work right now, and they're trans they're they're doing this giant upgrade to ETH two which, from what I understand, even once they get to ETH two they're still going to have scaling issues. So I mean, aside from all that, that's like I said, that's a whole nother topic, and I'd love. I think that would be a great way because once Evmos gets up and running, you know, let's all let's all hope for a good second launch of Evmos. Like it's like. I, I definitely would love to make some inroads into the Ethereum network in, in, in a friendly manner, not like you said, not trying to poach yeah. you know, their users. Yep. It's just like, hey, we're here. We, we, we love Ethereum. You know, we, we, we don't want to talk bad about Ethereum, but it's just like, let's, let's look at it for what it is, you know? So anyways, with all that said, I hope that answers some of your questions, um, Steve. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 nice to get. I mean, I've, I've I'm you know I'm pretty intimate with the Cosmos network, and it's always nice to get some um, some feedback and assurance that you know, hey, I'm, I I think I'm doing you something. Mean, yeah, <laughs> and you know, what do we know? But <laughs> you know, yeah. there are some hardcore there are some hardcore Cosmos people that'll just flat out and say, "All oh, Ethereum's Ethereum's junk. That they they'll never be able to scale." Blah 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 blah. But, you know, you say that to a couple people who are pro Ethereum, you're just going to turn them off, you know? Yep. So it, it's, it's just, it's hard, man. It's there, there are tribes, you know, there's, there's the Solana, Solana people and all that stuff. But I try to stay away from that. Like I, I, the bankless uh, podcast and the bankless guys on YouTube, like there's, they're very knowledgeable and there's, there's a lot going on over in ETH world. There's like so much happening right now and it's like yeah. that's that's where all the main nft brands want to stay and want to be because that's where the majority of 
you know, the, the people who are willing to pay for high end NFTs are, you know, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it hasn't failed, not even once, right? Because, for example, when I used to use Solana, I mean, the, the, the network went down like four or five times within a year, last year. So, Which, by, by the way, that, that literally makes me consider Solana not a blockchain. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's not a blockchain if it can stop running. That is one of the crucial defining features of being a blockchain for me. And I think a lot of people agree. Well, I mean, isn't, it, isn't Solana a clone of Ethereum just run by it's very centralized? Like, isn't that pretty much what it is? <laughs> um, it, no, it actually has some kind of cool tech. Like, it does do stuff differently. It is, it is the fastest blockchain as far as raw throughput right now, at least by some metrics. Right, so like, that's right. They yeah, deserve at least like a pat on the back, the right? T, the but, TPS, their T transactions per second, or it's the fastest right now. Yeah, but um, mm -hmm. yep. does anyone else want to talk? I mean, let's open it up. Yeah, Trev Trevor's been waiting. Um, and actually, I wanted to make a note for, for you on you, Trevor, but for anyone else up here. Um, if you guys come yeah. up and like you have, you know, a specific question or topic you want to get into, definitely just throw your hand up. But if it's like about what we're talking about right now, like feel free to just kind of like pop in, like make a little noise. We'll, we'll let you speak because we don't want to get far away from issues before we like call on people. <laughs> but what's up, Trevor? You're the... Uh... The Cardano man, right? That's what you were saying. Remember, we talked with you last week. I just don't remember. Oh yeah, you got ADA right there. Oh no, is Twitter doing its thing? <laughs> you waited so long and patiently to talk for Twitter to just kick you as soon as I pass the mic over. I can tell it kicked him because I see two of him that both say connecting. <laughs> uh, we'll just give him a minute, but um, yeah, like I think. Um, I don't know, actually, Mayor, what, what do you, or anyone, anyone up here, I guess, like, so it'd be Steve, Dell, or Mayor, like, I don't think Ethereum's going to die out. Um, I think it, that the first mover advantage is too important in this case. But what, what yeah. are you guys' thoughts? I don't know. I, I need to do a little bit more homework as far as ETH 2.0. I know there's, yeah. been, there's been a little bit, a few articles on, on coin telegraph that it's getting closer but i don't think they've set out any any hard dates yet for eth 2.0 um I, I was trying to look on coindesk also um i thought yeah. i saw a couple articles but i i agree i mean i agree like there's just too much money invested in eth 2.0 right now i mean it unless, yeah. <laughs> unless they unless they unless it gets pushed out another year which I mean, with all the level twos on it right now, like they're they're kind of limping along, you know. But it's like they have a lot of active users. I mean, the um, I don't know. Have you been following any of the of the um, the board ape yacht club and the, the ape coin that just got launched about a week ago, Tim? Have you been following any of that? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, a bit. Kind of hard to miss. I haven't like done too much external resource, but it's I interesting. Mean, I saw I saw the craziest thing in the world. Someone used a flash loan to borrow five bored apes and claim millions of dollars of ape coin without paying anything. Like, does that yeah. make sense? Or should I break I that, that down? Because that no. blew my mind. And whoever did that was sneaky smart. I mean, uh, I mean, the people you who deserve own the, it. The people who own the apes are, are like, I'm sure they're upset because they're missing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars on the airdrop of the ape coin. Yeah. But supposedly... I read the I read one of the articles that said 
whoever did it realized that there was like five bored apes that were not had not been active yep. so they figured out it's like okay these five eights are, are probably part of a, a group or just a a, a, a what, what kind of wallet would you call it a, a a wallet that's like been asleep or something like that dormant, a non, yeah a non-active wallet a dormant wallet yep. yeah a dormant wallet there's five board apes sitting on this dormant wallet so we'll just do a flat but but they were also listed on OpenSea, right so that's that's how they were able to purchase the board apes for a split, uh, you know, like two minutes or two seconds and claim the airdrop. That's just crazy. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know what flash loans are there, there are two pieces of tech in crypto that I think are infinitely fascinating and that's zero knowledge proofs and flash loans and flash loans are just the idea that you can take a loan of infinite proportion well not infinite whatever the liquidity allows but as big of a loan as you want with zero collateral so long as you repay that loan in the same block that you like blockchain block like ethereum that you took out the loan so the way that might work i used to use fulcrum back in the day and very very unoften was i able to make money off this but fulcrum's this like ui on ethereum for uh, chaining together like you can custom make a uh, flash loan and so one thing i did once i think is like i borrowed you know a couple thousand usdc to buy bat like uh, basic attention token on i think like sushi swap for like two cents less than it was trading on uniswap so buy it on sushi swap with money i don't have sell it on uniswap to get more money than i took out of the loan repay my initial loan and keep the extra all in one block with no collateral needed for the loan because it doesn't even execute if you don't pay it back so it's like instead of collateral you just have the code just has to be able to pay it back at the end of its like when it runs through the code and like that is so fascinating i I don't know how they pulled this off with the board apes because like the ethereum block times like 15 20 seconds so they had to have purchased it purchase all five that makes it easier really yeah because so like the reason that the block time is so long is because like so much stuff is going on and 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 it doesn't process it that fast i guess i was kind of dumb reductionist to say but um whereas like you you can do flash loans on uh on our chains like people do them on luna but slower block times doesn't make it harder it just makes it more expensive Um, because slow usually implies congested but like so long as you are able to pay the fees to both take out a loan buy from sushi swap sell on uniswap and repay the loan as long as you have the fees to do that like it's kind of just the nature of code where like time is not a thing in code like ethereum has no idea how long it's taking to process a block like yeah there are time codes but 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 it doesn't care to claim the airdrop on the ape coin though that's what they mm-hmm. had to they had to go to open purchase the board ape then claim the airdrop after ha- taking possession of the ape well digital mm-hmm. and then it just automatically goes back i mean yeah it, i don't know i don't understand all but anyway so i think they didn't buy it was the thing sort of in the way that you can take out an uncollateralized loan for a flash loan i think they basically made a purchase with funds they didn't have 
Right. And like normally you would try and buy a board ape on OpenSea. It well, your wallet normally wouldn't let you, like MetaMask or whatever, but let's say you weren't using a wallet, you were just talking to the blockchain directly. You could submit that transaction and it would like attempt to run in the block and it would reject it. It would be like you don't have enough funds to do this. But if in that same chunk of code you give back the nfts such that you don't actually have to pay the final price of purchasing them at the end of the block of code that gets run i I think that's how they got around it all right cool man well for people listening just to if you don't know kind of what's going on over there with with the board apes that the yuga i think it's yuga labs is owns the ip or so the intellectual property of the board ape yacht club, and they they bought out CryptoPunks from Larva Labs. They bought out the IP or the intellectual pro- property of the CryptoPunks from from Larva Labs, and so they Yuga Labs has decided that they're going to start up a new metaverse called the Other Side, and the Ape Coin is is potentially going to be the currency of of the new metaverse that they're wanting to start up and i think they have what is it women of world of women is another popular nft in me bits so they've got this like um oh what do i want portfolio of nft projects but they own the ip the intellectual property of all these nfts and they're so it's it's really kind of complicated unless you understand that a lot of that NFT stuff. But all that to say is, um, you know, all this is is happening on on Ethereum. You know, back to just tie it back into what we were talking about. Ethereum's not going away. Yeah, I totally agree. Trevor, glad to have you back up here. I did disconnect hey, you. I, I brought dis- so hard, man. That was unreal. Curse Twitter. It was right as I was like turning it over to you too. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. So um, I guess I okay. So you guys didn't hear anything I said there. I guess I completely rugged out. But, yeah. Basically, I'll get- no way. Was that just me, or did he just rug out again? What I was saying is uh, having a clean, clean UI, uh, clean UX. That's the number one way to onboard people. Uh, right? It's just having like a clean user experience. But besides that, uh, the number one thing uh, is just keep up with the uh, the interoperability, right? Like not shitting on other projects that people might be coming from. You know what I mean? Like that's the number one thing I, I love about Cosmos is, uh, sorry, it's like the third time I've said this now, right? So it's just kind of weird. But uh, basically, like if a person's coming from Ethereum, like you don't, go or ethereum scaling issues are so bad like you can talk about oh i bet you guys have a lot of solutions over there just like i come from ada right like i still love ada uh but i love cosmos too i think there's lots of solutions there and the thing i love about the community is how it can you guys talk about blockchain interoperability and 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 things like that you're not maximalists right so i think the number one way to onboard people is not shit on the things that they like you know, like talk, you know, like try to incorporate the ideas, which is what I like. That's what I'm here Dude, for. no, that's that's a, a really good point. And I think that is something we as cosmonauts need to leverage more like the whole thing of like 
being a cosmonaut means you're not a chain maxi. And the whole fact that IBC is not even just for Cosmos SDK chains, like, yeah, like whatever you got going on in your ecosystem, like yeah. more, more likely we want you to be a part of ours than just straight up abandon yours. Like, come join us. Let's join forces type thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the number one thing that uh, that I have in my head is everybody right now is, uh, in my opinion, um, and I'm not like I'm not the smartest person here in the room because I'm not I'm, I'm not the most experienced dev. But from and I mean, I've heard very experienced devs suggest this EVM very well might be a thing of the past in the future you know like it'll stay here for the mid like short to midterm but like i mean we're talking like 10 years like evm might not be it might be things like wasm and and things like that right so everybody's making these uh like we have uh, i i know you guys have uh, i think evmos right which is your evm side chain and things like that which is which is awesome to see cardano has milkometer which is our EVM sidechain that we're building out. So there'll be bridging opportunities there, but I want to see, you know, a custom like Cosmos chain that can connect to things like Polkadot or connect to things like ADA and just, you know, we don't, without needing the, the EVM, because to my understanding, even Ethereum wants to move to a WASM programming language. If uh, unless I'm completely mistaken about that, the whole uh, the whole mainstream system is going to pretty much be wasm. Unless yeah. I'm completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think too. Uh, the interesting thing with the EVM is it's not really for users, um, and it's not a bridge. It's really more for developers. We're trying to pull people that know Solidity code there. Um, but then with what you were saying, yeah, like I hope something good happens with gravity bridge or a fork or an alternative or something. Cause that's kind of like, they're just an Ethereum bridge right now, but they're kind of in the realm of what you're talking about, Trevor, where they're a chain that's dedicated to being a bridge. And if we could see one like that, that's dedicated on bridging everywhere, which, you know, well, there's just, there's other protocols, right? Like there's, there's Algorand, there's near, there's Cardano, there's, you know what I mean? There's lots of other, there's yeah. Solana. I know that we were, and I, I agree with there, like, trust me, everybody over in ADA space hates Solana because we make fun of it for it getting turned off. It's not a real blockchain, all the stuff that you said, you know what I mean? But even they, they have a different, they have like a parallel computing way of running it. They're scaling them yeah. horizontally. So, you know, there's lots of bridging options that need to be done that are outside of the. Oh, he's breaking up again. Yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree, though. Um, oh, I yeah. hope you heard what I said. And Yeah, no, we, we got the gist of it. I think just the very end cut, or we got most of it. Um, yeah, I think actually Solana is a funny example because most people don't know this, but Solana is probably one of the most well-bridged chains to the cosmos already. Um, or I don't know if you'd say that, but they Solana and Luna, their ecosystems talk a lot and like do stuff together it's interesting um like for example lido this is not directly like a bridge or anything but like lido finance is this big liquid staking offerer and the two chains they run on is like luna and solana um i'm not sure why there seems to be a relation there but like i suspect solana will be one of the first ones to kind of majorly connect to us I think part of the reason 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, uh, from what I've noticed, uh, it looks like the Solana community themselves is doing a lot of reaching out to other chains and just other community like community reach and like, Hey, how can we, how can we connect this? How can we do? I know that there are a lot of Solana people have been talking in lots of the ADA groups that I've been at, you know? Uh, so that's, that's cool. You know, I, I think that there's just kind of, I'm not involved in Solana at all. Right. But I, I think that there's an internal kind of thing there that they want to branch out and they want to get more decentralized and whatever. Yeah, no, I think I think so. Um, and and the other funny thing with Solana, like one of the reasons that it's a good candidate for uh, IBC connection, and I want more clarification on this so badly. All I've gotten is one time in one of these Twitter spaces, Zaki said this, and I haven't been able to get a deeper breakdown. But apparently, all that is needed for a chain to connect to IBC is fast finality. So it yeah. just has to have fast blockchain, and and that is Solana. So it makes sense that they're like a good candidate from a technical level. Now, how the hell you would handle like layer, I guess I want to call it, I don't know if it'd be what kind of bridge if it would be, but whatever kind of bridge it is, let's say it's something at like a, a, a lower level like IBC as opposed to something like Wormhole that's built on top. I don't know how that would work when Solana just stops working and just isn't running. Like that could create some technical challenges. I don't even know what they mean when they say that the whole thing stopped running. Right. So I don't they know mean- if that means that they took it all off and they had to like go in there and manually edit people's accounts because things got all fucked up. Or what does that mean? So there's been a couple. So one time that I know of, they shut down the network. They proved it's not decentralized and that they have some type of pause or kill switch or something like the developers. So massive red flag. Other times it has simply been a congestion thing where it just stops producing blocks and it gets like, I I don't know what, what causes it, you know, like on the technical level, but literally the chain stops. So like, you know, you can look at it if you want to see, how long Solana has been down. You just go to its block explorer and see the time its last block was posted. And like, there was one time when that was like two days ago, like it was just not pushing any new transactions through. And I wish I could speak more to the, that's about it as technical as I can get with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, of course, of but yeah, it's, it's weird, man. Like, I don't know what they changed on the core fundamental blockchain level to make it be able to just stop running like Ethereum and Bitcoin and, and any crypto worth its salt has never stopped running. That's or crypto. I meant blockchain. Yeah. It's never stopped running. That's like one of the appeals of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's supposed to be the entire purpose, right? Otherwise you could just, uh, that's kind of the reason why every other, uh, form of digital, cash failed before blockchain technology yeah hey trevor trevor i got a question for you i know um you said you're you're into cardano and i i think cardano's got it's got it's got potential because i really think they're they're trying to play the long game you know they're not they're going real slow because they're trying to build something that's going to be able to that like a billion people can actually, you know, transact and do things on, on Cardano. And I just, from like, like, I feel like right now it's like a lot of these chains just like race to, it's like, 
it was DeFi, decentralized finance, and NFTs. And it, it was just like, okay, that's what's hot. That's what we all have to build out. And you know, it, it's it's gotten built out on a lot of these chains. But I really feel like the next thing that is really going to bring a lot of people into crypto is ha- isn't even out there yet. Like it it hasn't happened yet. And and I just I just feel like Cardano has the opportunity because there's just a lot of of big big thinkers and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of research going into you know building it out to where it can handle you know a lot more scale so i just trevor i just want to get your thoughts on that and you know yeah 100 percent. i mean uh if you want my opinion on it i mean uh i uh i think we all had the original vision here when we first heard about bitcoin right and we heard about the things that might be possible and even when we first heard about ethereum and and smart contracts and that promise you know that promise of what that's going to provide for for society and people and um i guess uh, uh in my opinion uh uh during the early during the early or at least from what i can tell during the early days of bitcoin uh, there's obviously people who want the protocol to go in all sorts of different ways. And there was obviously hard decisions made that they're always going to stick with a proof of work model and, and all these things. Right. And lots of people, that's why Ethereum was created in the first place. And um, that whole, that whole mess of things. But at the end of the day, I guess there's, and if you look at the court of the, the, the developers that, that, are making the projects that I think are, are going far. They, they kind of sat down and they thought, okay, they fundamentally disagreed with the Bitcoin maximalists on certain things, right? Like proof of stake being a good thing, for example, um, obviously smart contracts being necessary and uh, Bitcoin itself not having to be the base layer. Um, that whole needing there to be one base layer thing might just be a false reality. I guess now instead of a world where we just have ethereum we have a world where we have a bunch of different smart contract platforms but the 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 main thing between all the ones that have really thought about it is they've thought about they've thought about tokenomics for mass human adoption not just how to how do we make some money off some nfts and DeFi. like we thought about how is this going to work if it's actually adopted by billions of people and two they thought of blockchain interoperability right so all the main projects have they were not built from the ground up to be oh we will be the fundamental base layer in my opinion, third gen blockchain blockchain technologies like Cardano, Cosmos, and Polkadot are built to be interoperable. They're built to be scalable in a way that I guess Ethereum is so that we can have the promise of, of all those things that we wanted when we first heard about smart contracts in the first place. So I guess that's my opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. You know, because it, it there there really is like the race for scalability right now. You know, and and yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've listened to you know some a lot of Charles's uh, lectures and stuff like that, and you know, it, there's potential. There is the potential there for scalability for sure. And and 
you know, I think the hard part within the crypto, well, definitely crypto Twitter, but just within crypto in general is everyone wants, they want, they want results and they want them fast, you know, and, and, and that doesn't happen in software. Like, you know, like there's, you know, when you're building out networks as large as this, but they're decentralized, it's, it takes time, you know, and I think it's like you say, and it, it, there, there is a promise for, you know, decentralized finance and to have more financial independency and to break away from the, the old legacy system of, you know, banking and, you know, getting screwed over by the banks and, you know, but also, you know, with a lot of the web two stuff where it's like, they're making money off of us. We're the product. You know, the reason your Gmail is for free is because Google's reading your email and, you know, they're selling your, your, their data mining, pretty much everything that, you know, even doesn't matter which website you go on, they're, they're, they're locating, they know your IP address, their data mining, they know what you're interested in. You know, the thought of self-sovereignty and, and digital identity and, and taking some of that back is very promising, you know, and, and that's what, you know, that's what a lot of people are hoping for, but, you know, it's like, there's, there's still a, a long road to get there, you know, and, and it's like trusting in the networks to try to say, try to stay decentralized, but within trying to stay decentralized, your things go a lot slower, you know, than, than compared to a more centralized network that can, can move a little faster. So yeah, there's, you know, with, with the scalability issues comes a lot of other problems too. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and, but, uh, and I really think that, um, in in my opinion, uh, lots of the, the third gen cryptocurrencies ha- were built in a way that they kind of learned from some of the other cryptocurrencies, and they built themselves in a way that they're able to to scale and things like that. And um, I, I, to be honest, I'm kind of refraining from talking too much about. Um, the, like the, the different solutions that we have over in the the Cardano side uh, for our things, just because this is the Cosmos space and 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 things like that. But uh, I mean, uh, I know that First we. Off, I want to say we appreciate that and respect that, but we yeah, also exactly. are open minded here. So, like, as long as it's coming from someone who you know knows the Cosmos, like we are, we are happy to talk about other spaces sometimes. So, no worries. The only thing uh, that I definitely want um, to bring to this will be okay. So if you if you would <laughs> give me two minutes to get this off my chest, and then I'll 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 uh, I'll feel a lot better to my two minute Cardano shield session. Okay. So the the first thing that I think everybody should know about Cardano is we have a, a sidechain model, right? So I don't know if anybody similar. It, it, I guess in a high level overview of it would probably be very similar to how things would connect if you're just talking on a high level, you know, not a technical level. It'd be very similar to describing how different different blockchains would connect to like the Cosmos Hub, right? It'd be similar thing, except you know, Cosmos Hub that has a million blockchains already built on it. Uh, the Cardano sidechain model, we only have the one EVM chain that we're working on, but we do have uh, a sidechain model for interoperability with any blockchain. So that's one thing that lots of people don't know about Cardano that I, I like to I like to share. The second thing is, um, 
there's lots of dApps that have launched. I don't know if anybody heard about like the whole Sunday Swap thing, but Sunday Swap's actually not a very good Dex there anymore. So there's lots of good Dexes over they there. Picked, there's, they there's picked lots the of good stuff over there. They picked a rough name to then come out and say sometimes transactions will take multiple days because I thought the funniest crypto meme of 2021 was TPS. You mean transactions per Sunday? (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) No, there's actually, to be honest, uh, Sunday Swap had a bit of a... I didn't really like how how that all went, and uh, like I said, that's more of a Cardano thing. But they they had this really weird way that they did things. But um, there's a, there's a bunch of other decks, and basically everything's launching in June. We kind of have a very scheduled w- way that we are having, and uh, Cardano is actually having a hard fork combinator event come June. And uh, there's a bunch of DApps that are literally just waiting for that network upgrade to to come out. And those are like our big lending pools, like our version of Aave and our version of Compound, but like totally Cardano native and stuff. So anyway, that's it. I'll, I've gotten that off my chest. I'll shut up. Cool, man. Yeah, no worries. No, I think I think so long as someone is willing to like actually have a conversation. I, I don't mind hearing about other ecosystems at all. Um, yeah, and like I said, I think the way forward is ecosystems coming into ours because we're the only ecosystem that just using that word implies not just one chain. And so 100%. it's just the perfect candidate of like, and if you guys are already doing the side chain model, you guys already see the value in that. Um, and like, I, <laughs> It's so weird the different ways people are approaching interoperability. Pretty much everyone except Cosmos is doing it in like the, I don't know what you'd call it. I guess you call it sidechain model, but where there's some sort of parent hub um, that like holds power. Like I know that's kind of how Dot's doing it. Um, yeah. Seems like is that, that's how Cardano's doing it, right? I realize I so, should check. No, so Dot. So okay. So I don't like the way that Polkadot's doing it, right? That's why I like Co- the way Cosmos is doing it so much better than Polkadot, right? Amen. But I'm a little bit ignorant on Polkadot, so I can't speak too much about that. But uh, the Cardano one, the way that we actually do it, our sidechain model is. Each uh, like a side chain on Cardano is a completely sovereign blockchain, and at least from my uh, understanding, all it does is leverage the security features of Cardano, and then that's it. Because it can like bootstrap the security features, or depending on how you build the chain, like you can bootstrap some liquidity from some DeFi protocols over on Cardano to get the chain started, or you can just definitely go off the security basis that's on Cardano. And, uh, but you can launch a whole sovereign blockchain in whatever programming language or however you want to construct that blockchain. Like it's not tied. So it's like, to it's a lot like Cardano. Cosmos with interchain security built in. Yeah. It's, 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 a, yeah. it's very, to, to my understanding, it seems very similar to, to the Cosmos way, but I do have to put the caveat here. And this is, the the thing with Cardano, it's harder to make a Cardano a sidechain on Cardano. It's harder to do everything on Cardano, but yeah. Well, but who knows? Maybe it'll be good enough that the problem with Cardano is what. And maybe you can explain this to me. And this will be the last thing we speak on Cardano. We'll move back to Cosmos stuff. But 
they seemed to, you know, they wanted to increase security, so they sacrificed some other things, right? Like, you know, ease of building, um, as well as some some other things, whatever. I don't know why they did that, because no major blockchain has ever been attacked at its, like, core. Like, it's not that, like, Ethereum's never been vulnerable because it's written in a language other than Haskell. So I've just never understood why... Full transparency, I don't like Cardano because of Charles. I think he is just a not a good figurehead and not, not a great builder or leader. Um, and so it makes me think, coming from that bias, which I'll recognize, it makes me think like, okay, he just like he just wanted to be different somehow and like have something he could point to as on paper like more secure than other things because the language is without that being something the ecosystem actually needed. Um, and I don't even know if that's accurate on a technical level, but that's how I've seen things. Um, well, I guess uh, hopefully time, time, time will get definitely, I hope, perfectly answer that question for us about whether or not Haskell is, uh, is completely useless or not, right? So that'll be, that'll be good. That's why I hold Cosmos as well. But the... Um, uh, so anyway, I forget what I was... Uh, where I was, oh, a- a- anyway, so the main reason why is because there's other solutions other than currency. There's identity solutions, right? So let's say you want to build a system where you don't have to collateralize a loan, right? So you want to have that tied to a whole identity solution, right? So, like, actually, like your identity now, you know what I mean? Instead of like actual governments using their system, yeah. if that's not a blockchain, you'd want that to be as secure as possible. And that's normally where I hear people go. That so thing. like, do you know about check the project in our ecosystem that's doing that? That's uh, that's brilliant. And I was actually, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear more, but if you're going to tell me about any project in Cosmos ecosystem, the one I want to hear more about than anyone is the Akash network. Oh. That's my number one man. I'm in the cloud cool. computing. I'm really in the cloud computing. Actually. I'm literally going through a, a like a cloud dev course right now. Like that's my career path. Dude, good for the- you. Yeah, and and dude, the Akash network, I haven't seen anything like it. Like it looks like better than IPFS. Amazing. Let's let's get half of crypto off of AWS. Yeah. And yes, least, that's what least. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like let's do it. Like, but no, how sustainable is that? Like, can we get half of crypto on Akash? Like, can I start hosting my own like thing? Like how like I would think so. Oh, I yeah, because it's, it's, it's not gonna happen overnight, but if we could at least get 10% of crypto off of AWS. That would be a start. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I want to I wanna quickly pop over to Cryptonaut and then Diesel. So you guys hopped up here. Let's get some more input. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me up, guys. I just wanted to preface by saying that the future of blockchain, in my opinion, is not so much competition. It's more, it's more cooperation. You know what I mean? Like, if we're going to build out and be interoperable, like different blockchains have to, they have to, they have to, to be cooperative. I don't think the competition is going to be good for any one blockchain in the long run. Yeah. And, um, and then to the other point was, I think ADA is playing the long game. Like I think Cardano is playing the long game. I think they're really slow intentionally. I think they have really good tech and I think they're playing the long game because they're, they're building out towards mass adoption and institutional adoption. 
So I think that's why they're so up on security. And that's really all I wanted to say. I just wanted to throw my two cents in there. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on like Cardano in general. Um, it's been, I don't know how many years, probably five years, but I, I just think that Cosmos is like moving a little bit quicker and they're, you know, they actually invented proof of stake and they're moving fast with real DeFi and stuff. But as far as like the identity solutions go in traditional finance, um, T-Grade, is a pretty interesting project you guys should look into they're they're working on doing working with institutions and stuff and the thing about cosmos is it allows people like sovereign nations even like the the uh china the chinese bank like pboc has been working obviously with tendermint chains you probably guys have heard that and then the tendermint team met with um the european central bank about I don't know, like last year in july um so so there's governments pretty interested in creating their own chains obviously so that they can control things and as far as identity solutions goes, that, that, that can be done right now. Um, and T-Grade's working on that. So if you want an example, look at T-Grade. Very cool. Is that at all related to, I saw some tardigrade NFTs going around the other week. That's not related, right? Um, I'm not following their, like, if they're doing NFTs or not, but uh, I'll look into it right now. They have a Twitter, I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part Cosmonaut Bootcamp space, How to Get Started in the Cosmos with the IBC Gang, recorded on Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of The Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent some portion of that for the actual artists. They're making pennies, pennies, pennies per play until they can figure out
out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Spaces.